Who are you to call me home? Can you not see my cracks? Can you not see the holes? The flaws? I'm fragile and brittle, what use am I to you? Surely there are others more worthy of the task. Yet again and again you draw near. You wrap yourself around me. You fill my cracks with solid gold. You polish my floors. I'm made whole when you are near. Once you have spoken on nature and 
is great to see you guys here tonight as we begin our worship night. There is a lot of space in this room. There's a lot of place to move around. So don't feel too held back by anything. No one's watching you. No one's looking at you. Have a time to be with God, to sing, to praise, and to worship Him. Don't we look to the sun? Set our eyes on our Savior. See the image of love. Sing His praises forever.
to be here tonight. Give us a chair. Yeah. As a Sunday night team, we have been praying a lot and preparing for tonight. And we just know that God is going to show up like only God can and touch each and individual, each and individually speak words that God knows that you need to hear in your life tonight. So I'm excited for that. I know as I was looking out amongst you all, I can see that God's speaking to you all personally already. There's two words I just want to briefly talk about. For those of you who are part of our Sunday night congregation, the first word you will, um, you'll be familiar with is pursue. Not that long ago, we ran a series here called The Pursuit, and it was through that series that we decided to call tonight Pursue. You know what it means to pursue something is that you chase after it. Tonight we're chasing after God. Okay, we talked in the series about a ship is not designed to spend its life in a safe harbor, but a ship is designed to go out into the oceans. So tonight I want to encourage you, pursue God tonight in your worship. Don't let this opportunity tonight pass you by. This is the last Sunday night service that we have here at BBC for 2017. So let's finish our Sunday night in style and pursue God like we've never pursued Him before in our worship. The second word that I want to talk to you about tonight that I know as a team when we've been talking and praying about the way to close this year, and I know it's something that's really close to my heart, and it's the word complacency. And I guess I'm saying the same thing, but in a different way. Don't be complacent tonight about your faith about your relationship with God, it's just so easy to become complacent without even knowing. Okay, so we're going to talk about that a little bit later on tonight, but I encourage you, worship your Savior tonight like you have never worshipped Him before. You don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, but you know that tonight you can worship Him with reckless abandon. Okay? We have a movie and pizza for the kids The kids are more than welcome to stay here tonight. It's super cool to have them part of us. But for the parents in the room, if you need to take them out, feel free to head out towards the West Wing. Excited? Cool. (laughs) Thanks, Darren. I was buried beneath my shame. 
like a ring of solid gold, like a vow that is tested, like a covenant of old, and your love is enduring through the winds of rain and beyond the horizon. Mercy for today, sing it out, faithful.
When Moses led God's people as they fled Egypt, he led them into a vast desert. He found himself weary and thirsty in his body and soul. Then he came to the base of a mountain. Soon it was shrouded in thundering clouds and flashes of lightning. Then came fire and smoke, and the ground trembled beneath his feet. Then God called Moses up the hill. On the hilltop, God was with Moses. There, God spoke, and Moses found his spirit revived. Hundreds of years later, the prophet Elijah fled from his enemies into a vast desert. He was weary and thirsty. Then his eyes lifted toward a hilltop in the distance. And God called Elijah up the hill. A great wind tore at the mountain. An earthquake shook the ground, and the hillside was consumed with fire. And then, in the quiet, God was with Elijah. He spoke. On the hilltop, Elijah found his strength renewed. Many years later, God called another man up a hill. And the sky turned dark, and the ground shook. And on top of that hill, God spoke. Finished are the days of needing to climb hills to hear from God. Jesus' mountaintop moment means that whether we find ourselves on thundering hilltops or in dry deserts, there, God is with us. Even there, God speaks. As we continue this night, I recognize that we come at this worship night often in the busiest part of our year, and, and, and we're, we're all going to all the functions we need to, trying to get all the tasks done that we need to, and it's easy in this busyness to feel lost, to feel dry, to feel weary. And it wouldn't surprise me if so many of us in here tonight, when we think about God or the concept of His presence, He seems so far away. I want to encourage you tonight. He is here with us. And if you felt lonely or isolated as we sing, let his presence wrap around you. If you are burdened and weary, let his healing spirit come and lift those from your shoulders. And if you feel as if you have not heard his voice in so long, 
then sit and listen. There's no agenda, there's no rules you have to follow. You can sit in the corner of a room and not do anything else for us tonight. But don't miss the opportunity to meet with God because He is here and He wants to speak to His children. So let's engage with Him as we continue to sing.
tonight the theme of our time together is about pursuit and as Caleb said pursuit is all about us pursuing after what it is that we desire what it is that we want what it is that we need and there's a parable in scripture where Jesus talks about this same thing when he talks about us being like seed that is cast by a sower and of course it says that the the sower sows the seed liberally and so being liberally sown uh, we are the seed of God who have been liberally sown into the world to grow and to make a difference, to bring with us in our maturity the kingdom of God. But that comes with a warning because Jesus goes on to say that when the seed is sown, it can quickly sprout up, take root, but the sun beats down on it and it wilts away and dies rather quickly. Then there's seed that has been sown and it starts to grow and it grows a little bit higher than the earlier seed, but the birds of the air come and steal it away. And then there's good wheat, good seed that grows quite to quite a mature place, but unfortunately other plants grow up around it and weeds entangle it and it chokes and it dies. And then there's the seed that grows to be 
30, 60, 100 fold. In other words, it reproduces itself in its maturity. And we're told that the, the reason why the seed in some cases doesn't grow is because it grows so quickly and it's quickly overtaken by the immediate cares and concerns that somebody will have. But the second lot of seed is taken away by the birds of the air. And that can be the gathering of other friends around you or influences around you that just simply come in and in spite of your desire to grow, friends influence you in a significant way and you're next thing you're whipped out of the ground and, and you perish. And then the other, the other seed has this air of maturity about it. It's as tall as the other plants in the garden, but Jesus likens those other plants to the cares and the worries of this world. In other words, you start worrying about the job you have, how much money you've got, whether you can afford to upgrade your car, the fact that you have to, have to move to the next street because you're looking for a better lifestyle or better clothes or a better holiday or a better travel experience. And very soon this mature plant just gets choked by the worries of the world. There's two ways of looking at this parable. Firstly, you can look at yourself as being the seed and you ask yourself that question, what seed am I becoming? Am I the seed that's been planted and is quickly going to wither? Or am I gonna make it all the way to maturity? But the other side of this, this parable is to ask the question, where am I sowing this seed? And how vigorously am I casting liberally as, this, as the sower described doing uh, in planting this seed in a way that causes it to grow well? You see, as mature Christians, when we get to that place where we understand our faith and have confidence that we're not going to wither or die in the faith, we ask that question, where can I plant the seed of faith in other people's lives? And all of this is wrapped up in that word pursuit, the pursuit of God. What do we do after tonight? What do we do after this worship experience where we've opened our hearts and our minds to God and allowed Him to come in and cleanse us and heal us? Well, it all depends on how we're living our life in the setting of this, this seed. Some of us can resist God, like the voice I hear at the back. Or some of us can work with God and cooperate when we realize that God's pressing against us saying, you have to take care of this problem right now. You have to take care of this problem right now or else you're going to wither or you'll be stolen or you'll be choked. God wants you all to produce 30, 60, 100 fold. And so with that thought, I want you to take communion tonight and I'm just going to read these words. These words that are very familiar to us. While they were eating, let me just get some more light on this right beside you, Grace. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my blood of the new covenant which is poured out for many. He said to them, Truly I tell you, I will not drink again from this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it anew in the kingdom of God. Then after the communion, it says, they carried on to the Mount of Olives singing hymns. So we're going to carry on 
with our worship after we've taken communion. So um, I think the table's ready to go there. I'm just going to lead us in prayer and then I'll ask you to go and uh, serve yourself communion. Father, as we think of seed and its pursuit of growth, its pursuit of maturity, and yet we're told by you, Lord, that so many things can distract, so many things can destroy, and in doing so, Lord, the seed becomes nothing. Lord, we know the seed of God has been planted deep within us, and we trust, Lord, that we can go on to maturity to produce that 30, 60, and 100-fold blessing that is your kingdom being built in and through us. For this reason, Lord, we pursue you, that you might be glorified in our lives and through the work of our lives. And so tonight, Lord, we, we stop and we pause and we, we take communion together and that desire that we won't be dried up, taken away or choked by the things of this world. We pursue you, Lord. We pursue you for you are everything to us. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So please, please help yourself and just take that, uh, those communion elements. Uh, this is a table for those who love the Lord. It's not a, a Baptist table. It's a table for those who are seeking the goodness and the will of God. So please make your way to the table.
Church, we have one last song to sing before we close out the night. These guys asked me if I'd jump up here and, and close before the, the last song. And I was praying about it this afternoon, just wondering what I could share with you folk heading into summer and Christmas and this crazy busy season. So I want to do that with you real briefly. Is it all right? Yeah. I think that that we could pretty much divide this room up between two types of people. People that would proudly call themselves a Christian, people that know Jesus, people that love Jesus. And then the second group of people, pretty simply put, doesn't yet know Jesus. They haven't met Jesus. They might have, you guys might have come along with somebody tonight that has invited you. Or you might have been coming along to church for a while and haven't made that commitment to follow Jesus yet but I want to talk to to this group of people first we have nine weeks until we meet again as a Sunday night community on the 11th of February and I know for me through the summer months I want to be able to come closer to Jesus to know him more to fall more in love with him between now and nine weeks time through the summer period I want that for my life. 
And I wouldn't mind betting those of you who know Jesus want to draw closer to Him over the next nine weeks through this summer period. Is that fair to say? That you, you don't want, you're not making a conscious decision to withdraw, feel distance from God. You don't want that. All of us want to be able to pursue Him more. So it doesn't matter if you have just become friends with Jesus and given your life to Him or if you're way down the other end and you've been a dedicated follower of God for 40 years. It doesn't matter. There's still still more for you. It doesn't matter where we are. There's still more. It was interesting what Craig talked about earlier because I just want to talk about something really, really practical. And that is to ask you the question of who are your people? Which touches a little bit on what Craig was saying. Who are the people that you are surrounding yourselves with? Because there's a saying that says, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And I wouldn't mind changing that because I'm pretty sure you could show people your friends and they'll they'll show you what your spiritual future looks like based on who it is that you're spending time with. So over the summer months, don't become complacent in your walk with Jesus, but dedicate yourself to know Him more, to love Him more. Surround yourself with like-minded people. Catch up with friends and family for sure, but draw close to people that you know are on the same track as you are. And on that, I would say as well, be that for somebody else. Craig talked about weeds surrounding surrounding the seed or people that can pull the seed right out of the ground. Don't be that to others. Okay, surround yourself with like-minded people and be the friend that you want to that you want somebody else to be for you. Super simple, but life-changing nonetheless. And then for the other group of people that haven't met Jesus yet, you guys have got to meet Him. If God's speaking to you, it may feel like a thumping in your chest, might be sweating. He's pursuing you. And so I would say to pursue Him. Okay, we've got one last song to sing tonight. Go hard in this one last song but go hard over the summer months make good choices the last thing I want to say is I should have talked about it when I was standing over this side but along with making good choices and pursue God and you want to draw closer to God over the next nine weeks I would encourage you make one decision of something that you know will help you do that through the next nine weeks. It might be to read your Bible for twice as long as what you're currently doing. It might be to spend more time in prayer. It might be to gather your people close and spend time with them. It might be to share a burden that you're going through and ask somebody to pray with you on a daily basis, get them on the phone, whatever it might be. I would encourage you to choose one thing that you know is gonna help you in your walk with God. And... Share that one thing by this time tomorrow night with somebody. Whatever it is, if you're going to spend more time in prayer with your husband or with your wife, with your girlfriend, if your boyfriend, whatever it is, 
tell somebody else that one thing that you want to do over the next nine weeks that's going to draw you closer to God. Can we have our prayer team come up the front? If anybody needs prayer, if you don't know Jesus yet, come up the front and talk with somebody. Don't let this opportunity pass by. If you would need prayer or want prayer for any other reason, we've got one last song, but make sure you make yourself known up the front here. There's going to be a team. Bless you guys. See you on the 11th of February when we return.
you would draw us closer to yourself and we would draw closer to you reading the word and learning more about you over the summer God we just can't wait to see what you have in store for this church for this congregation for this city and this country and indeed God the world we cannot wait to see the mighty men and women of God that you are going to raise up in this generation to stand up for you and to be your mouthpiece, Father. I'm just so excited about what's gonna happen. So God, as we leave here, be with us, keep us safe. 
And as always, Father, have your way, have your way, have your way in our lives. In the mighty, mighty, precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen.